Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today interview series. We feel lucky to be able to talk to so many smart, passionate, and knowledgeable people in healthcare. Now, we're taking our favorite interviews and sharing them with you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy perspectives on the world of health IT. Hello and welcome to Healthcare IT Today, where we explore the latest healthcare technology trends and discover valuable insights in health IT. I'm Colin Hung, and joining me today is Mike Tallarico, Senior Vice President at Futura Healthcare. Today, we'll be talking about how healthcare organizations can reduce labor costs without cutting staff. Sound impossible? Well, Mike's going to tell us how. Mike, welcome to the program. Thank you, Colin. Thanks for having me today. So, so Mike, before we dive in deep uh, into this topic, let me ask you your opinion of where we are in healthcare in terms of the staffing challenges. We are at a very unique time in healthcare. Um, coming out of this pandemic, the industry is really, um, well, we're experiencing some challenges that we haven't seen ever before, and specifically shortages of staff, key personnel. Uh, we're all the, the, the RN shortage. Um, they're calling it the, the great resignation, I believe. Um, right. Many key um, personnel uh, are leaving organizations, and it's it's causing the, the the healthcare systems to have to rethink how they use their staff, how they deploy their staff. So it is an opportunity to find some creativity and new ways to deliver care. Um, but in the meantime, we still have a pandemic that is it just doesn't seem to want to go away. So the patient volumes are still there, the acuity is up. Um, combination of that plus nursing shortages, it's it's challenging healthcare systems tremendously, um, not only from a patient care perspective, but also from a financial perspective. Um, the cost of, of staff, um, specifically the use of agency staff, is a challenge uh, from a financial standpoint that at the moment, it looks to be insurmountable. We cannot maintain hospital margins, profitability uh, with the current agency usage. So um, we're really in a, in, in a tough spot. So the, the, the staffing issue that we're experiencing in healthcare, um, it needs a solution and it's something that we have to really focus on. So, so let me ask you this one then, a follow-on. Like, why is it so important then to be looking at your labor costs, uh, especially right now, given that you know, we're, we're sort of losing staff? It really goes back to the, to the financials inside of the healthcare system. Um, you know, the cost of care, the length of stay due to the nature of the, the, the COVID patient population is, is challenging. Um, and, it, and, and we're not seeing um, the appropriate use of staff. You know, we, we, we use the term working at the top of your license. Mm -hmm. um, when, when, when it's all hands on deck, um, people occupy roles and activities that are not normally part of their normal day-to-day -day job. And, and as a result, we're seeing... Um, burnout where people leave. Um, and then when you have burnout and you've got people leaving and now I have to rely on agency cost, which is extraordinarily expensive, um, it's, it, it really changes the cost curve. Uh, hospitals are spending more on labor today in terms of average hourly rate than we ever have before. So it's, it's crucial that as healthcare leaders that we focus on the number of staff and where we're using that staff. Because if there are areas where we can reallocate certain personnel, um, and we can start to wean ourselves off of the agency cost, we'll get that cost curve back in line with, with what we expect to see. 
It's interesting you say that, Mike, because what I'm interpreting is even though we are in a staffing challenge here in healthcare where people are leaving, correspondingly, in order to make up for that, we're spending more actually on staff, which is really perverse if you think about it. It, it is. It is. I mean, and you can imagine if you're a chief financial officer and you're looking at the, the, the monthly financials and you go, my FTE count is down, but my labor spend when you roll agency into it is, is actually way above budget. So we, we look at it in terms of salary cost per unit, where, you know, if, if, you, if I'm looking at an emergency room visit or a, an inpatient day or even a radiology procedure, um, it's not only about the hours worked to complete a specific activity, but it's the cost of those hours. So I have to make sure I have the appropriate amount of staff, uh, right. first and foremost, but then the cost of that staff has to be part of the equation as well. And and. So now, if you think about the great resignation and, and people leaving the, the, the industry, um, it's, it is so important that we have plans to retain the staff that we have to attract new personnel to come work for us as employees, not as agency staff. And, and that costs money. Um, the easiest and quickest solution to, to recruit and retain staff is to offer bonuses, is to increase that average hourly rate. So, Mike, let's get to the title question. Futura offers a solution that you say can help healthcare organizations to significantly reduce their labor costs without actually making deep cuts to staff. I mean, how is this possible? Well, in in a traditional world, a a pre-pandemic world, uh, we would work with financially healthy hospitals and health systems, and we would focus on where their FTEs were were being utilized. And and more importantly, understand um, where those opportunities for improvement are. So if we're looking at a hospital in whole, there are departments that are going to be running appropriately in terms of productivity metrics. Um, Some departments will be um, overstaffed. Some departments will be understaffed. Uh, If you can identify the departments where there's opportunities to improve your labor costs, to improve the number of hours or FTEs that you're using, and you pay attention and you put some discipline and rigor around employee requisition, um, and how you fill open positions. Um, if you get creative in terms of bringing on PRN personnel so that I've got staff working at the appropriate times of the day when the, the activity, the volume peaks, um, that is uh, something that I won't say it's new to healthcare, but it's something that many organizations need to focus on. So leveraging attrition, career redirection, elimination of overtime and agency hours, those are all ways to reduce your, your labor spend without implementing a reduction in force or some kind of layoff. So we always wanna work with, with health systems that have the foresight, the planning, the, the, the discipline to manage productivity proactively, um, to understand how they can leverage new technologies to improve workflows. And, and, and as a result, um, if, I, if I don't fill unnecessary positions, um, I will actually improve my labor cost. I can reduce my staff without making a deep cut. Yeah, it's interesting. I've never, I got to be honest, I've never really thought about how not hiring somebody could actually be a labor savings. And what you're saying is that you really have to look at whether or not you need that person, or could you direct someone else from a different part of the organization or, you know, through other means, uh, not have to hire the, that individual. That's a, That could be a significant savings, not to mention all the difficulty today around even trying to find somebody to fill the position. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we're, again, we're at an interesting time because organizations are so lean 
But a lot of the volume, especially the outpatient volume, the, the surgical activity, it is all decreased. And as that starts to come back, we're in a unique spot. We can start to bring volume back into the organization with lean staffing levels. And if we add staff appropriately, as the volume returns, we can become super efficient. And, and the more efficient a healthcare organization is, uh, the more productive, the more financially profitable they will be. So can you maybe share some use cases or some examples of, of where you've done this, Mike, with some of your clients? So I won't name a specific client, uh, okay. but we've worked with hospitals and health systems throughout the country. Uh, there was a hospital in, in, in the Carolinas that we worked with. Um, and we actually worked in one of the, the larger organizations initially, um, one of their, their, their regional medical centers. Uh, and then we spread out to other, the other outlying facilities, the smaller hospitals. Um, over time, we were able to save them in excess of $25 million in their annual labor spend. Wow. That's a big number, right? So people usually do exactly what you did. They go, wow, $25 million. But you have to keep in mind, these are large health systems. So that $25 million, that may only represent about 3 to 4% of their to- total labor spend. But if you can find 3 to 4%, that goes almost straight to the bottom line because I'm right. still doing the same level of activity, activity the, st- the same level of volume. Um, but if I can do it with a, with a little less staff, a little less cost, it's going to improve my margins. And, and at, these, at, that, at that organization, did you apply some of these techniques of you know, not, uh, helping them understand they didn't have to hire people or fixing their, their hiring practices? What were some of the, the individual tactics that would really move the needle for them? Well, so there, that, that's a great question, Colin. And I, and I will tell you, it's, it's not just hiring practices. It's really okay. about developing um, staffing models, staffing targets. So our organization, we have a unique approach to building a staffing target. We have databases. We have peer group comparisons. Many health organizations have some form of productivity measurement, whether it be external benchmarks or internal productivity systems. Mm-hmm. The challenge is department leaders don't always have faith or, or belief in the target that they are being held accountable to. So we have, um, we've developed a, a modified time and motion study approach. So we'll go into specific departments where there is opportunity for improvement when you do a peer group comparison or a database comparison, but we'll build the target from the ground up. So we're actually going to look at all of the activities throughout the department, their direct, their indirect, their constant activities. And in evaluating these activities, we start to see where their processes are broken. Um, We start to see if they're not working at the top of their license, if we can reallocate certain activities to a lesser skill. But we build that target with the manager's participation and buy-in. So at the conclusion of developing one single department target, we have a manager that says, okay, I can be held accountable to that goal because it was something that I participated in. I believe it. Too many times when they're given a benchmark, they simply go, okay, wait, this is an invalid peer group. Nobody in, the, in my peer group is like me. Um, you can't expect me to run at the same, same level as they run, but we want to overcome that hurdle. And the way we do that is by, by working closely with that frontline department leader. Amazing. Um, one of the components I was reading on your website, um, one of the components of your solution is a dashboard. Uh, I think you call it an EPRS. We do, yes. Can you explain what that is and, and why it's so useful? So EPRS, uh, our, at one point uh, through acquisition, Invigorate Productivity Reporting System, Invigorate Healthcare Solutions was acquired by Futura. 
Um, so the EPRS moniker still remains. Uh, so the, the, the EPRS is a biweekly productivity reporting system. It's also a daily tool, but the, the, the foundation is in a biweekly report. And what it does is it gives information to that frontline department leader and tells them how they're doing versus their productivity goal. But there's a key element to, to, to the EPRS that differentiates it from a lot of different or other productivity systems. The first is transparency. We give that department leader the ability to drill into their payroll detail, um, to their revenue, to the charges that are being run through their department on a biweekly basis, because we want them to be able to see where the data is coming from. So if they don't believe in it or they don't trust it, they can actually dig in and, and do their own analysis. It's also a great teaching opportunity for finance or decision support or operations improvement departments to, to sit with department leaders and talk through the data. Um, you know, many of our department leaders are excellent caregivers. Um, they, they don't necessarily always have the same financial background that somebody like, like myself who went to school with a finance degree, uh, you know, focused on that. But the system itself, um, it, it provides that platform, that communication platform, the visibility to see how they're doing versus their goal. And the one other element that makes the EPRS special or unique is, is we do factor in that, the cost of that labor. So there's two elements inside of the system that a leader must focus on. It's, it's how am I doing versus my, my productivity target, but also how am I doing in terms of my average hourly rate versus what was budgeted or planned. Mike, if I was a healthcare leader at a healthcare organization and you were speaking to me, um, other than hiring you and Futura, um, what are some of the other things I could start doing or stop doing that that might help me reduce my labor costs? Well, that's a good question. Well, there, there's a lot of different strategies in place, but most organizations, they just have to have open communication. They have to, to, to meet regularly and talk about this. So from, the, from the, the C level all the way down to the department leader level, and then the, the department leader needs to speak with their staff. They need to understand that they're stewards of, of, of a finite resource. It is really important because the, the cost of healthcare continues to rise over time. And it doesn't seem like the, the, the rate, the reimbursement is keeping pace with that. So we have to continue to get leaner and more efficient in how we use um, those limited resources. So, Colin, the most important element is, is open communication. Um, when leaders talk about productivity improvement, um, people just inherently do better. Uh, it, it doesn't need to be a, a, a conversation that's painful or difficult. It shouldn't be used to, to uh, I'll say, you know, belittle or, or to maybe embarrass an individual. It should be, if, if you're struggling, we as leaders, as, as executive leaders, want to work with those department leaders to, to overcome the hurdle and to see if we can help them become more efficient. Mike, where can people go to find out more information about Futura Healthcare? First and easiest place is to go to our website. Uh, the, the address is futuraworks.com. Um, we've got a, a, a wealth of information, white papers, case studies that can all be downloaded and, and, and shared. Um, we've got a, a large presence on LinkedIn. Um, we attend a lot of different, um, I'll say, professional affiliations, uh, such as the American College of Healthcare Executives and the Healthcare Financial Management Association. We'll actually be at Becker's um, at the end of this month in Chicago for the annual meeting. Um, the easiest way to, to find us, though, is to come to the website, which is futuraworks.com. Awesome. Mike, you've shared a ton of great information today. Really appreciate it. I learned a little bit more about uh, the 
the uh, hiring and the staffing side of things, which is always interesting in healthcare. Thank you so much. Alan, thank you. I appreciate the time today. Hey, if you enjoyed this interview as much as I did, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening and watching. Also, head on over to healthcareittoday.com for access to free resources, industry news, and insightful articles. You can also connect with us on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung. Thanks for being here.